Welcome to the Creative Plan Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. In this crowd, there might be a week or two of gaming experience. <laughs> So for August the thirteenth is mystery. Ooh, I have a good one. Mystery. So you want like a story that's related to RPGs? Any, yeah, yeah, anything okay. RPG related, uh, tabletop yeah. game. So for me, this was back in the nineties when we were playing Shadowrun, oh. and it's actually where my handle for my for my BBS days comes from because it was my favorite freaking character. She was an elven street samurai. Her name was Twilight. And we played the Mission Blood... Um, what are those called? Uh, the... The module? The module, yeah. It was the Mission Blood module. And um, I was playing with a bunch of dudes. Franklin was the GM. And... We had this mystery that we had to solve about what... I can't remember the whole story about how it happened, but, like, all the dudes were just all about, like, killing things and being stupid. And I was like, no, we need to, like, investigate this. There's, like, a thing here. Yeah, there was, like, this crazy mystery going on. And just to let you know, the Mission Blood module was a PC killer. It was designed to kill characters. A Shadowrun Tomb of Horrors. Yeah. this one. Yeah. This is a good And so, like... They would go off and they were like, oh, we're going to go chase after this thing and go kill something. And then I was like, well, you guys are stupid. So I split the party, which, you know, you <laughs> never, never do. Or you that. always do. But, it. right? But they were being so annoying. And and uh, I, I would go and I did a bunch of investigations. And I was actually the one that propelled the story along until the end where we found out what it was, which was Bug Spirits. Bug spirits. And that then, the one, like right? the smart character that I was, so my character, because I, I was an Elven Street Samurai, I had an Ingram Smart Link, which I could, like, shoot from any angle, and, like, I could see, like, to here. I don't want to hit Franklin. Uh-huh. And uh, I was killing everything just by, I was having it's really nice good rolls. It's your gun is in your head. Right? You know? And so we get to the final boss, quote-unquote, and... Uh, I shoot it and I'm like, yeah, and then it tang, 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 and I was like, Ugh! and I ran. <laughs> and everybody else was like, we're gonna fight him. She's stupid. I was the only one that survived. Yep. Would, hey, that means you survived to report it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fix the problem. Did, didn't the guys get like really mad at you? For oh yeah, bad? they accused him of 
letting me survive because I was a girl. But you uh, chose She was to smart. Leave. She left. <laughs> There's sometimes but when you just can't land a hit. You need really? to see the writing on the wall that this was not. Well, that's what it be- was. Is that the exactly that in that module, you either ran or died. Yeah. At the end, there was no in between. Yeah, because it, more and more book spirits would come in, even if you killed the ones that were there. More mm-hmm. were going to come in. Mm-hmm. It's just. You're not in a little situation you're supposed to turn around and leave. The idea is going to help. <laughs> help is the successful right. mission. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, firearms, firearms just weren't very effective against spirits, so you have to use magic against You're like, I need, a, I need a shaman. Yeah. <laughs> I need an army of shamans. Yeah. So, um, we're doing a thing that's kind of like, you know what Inktober is? Mm-hmm. So, this is like for, for RPGs. RPGs. So, it's a prompt, and then you use from your experience. In, in RPGs and tabletop games, something that reminds you of that prompt. Oh. Okay. So, like in this one, it's mystery. Now, in Mysteries regards to thing. RPGs, what does mystery um, bring to your. Well, um, I have to think there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, most of the time I was running. Which maybe that was you creating the mystery. Yeah, how, how do you maintain a good mystery? So yeah. Be that thing. Mainly, it's it's it, no, it's really it was really difficult to do that because players would always think of stuff that you didn't think of, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to work your way around it. Especially <laughs> when they shotgun ideas mm-hmm. at the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a mystery. Hmm. Probably the 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 samurai game. Where the uh, basically the son of the shogun had been possessed by a demon, and they were trying to figure out who, uh, what, what was going on. Who was who? Like the, they thought there was a traitor in there that was giving away their like troop movements and stuff because he kept losing it. And they found out that the uh, the army was their enemy army was being bolstered by demonic forces. So then they were trying to figure it out, and it was the the son. Of so the, that yeah, that one was one of the really good ones. I remember the players really liked that one. And then it turned out one of the one of our players was leading, so he had his character sacrifice himself to save the son of the shogun, and he, they were able to get the demon out of him. Yeah, he went out like a boss. Uh huh. Yeah, he was happy with that. He was like, yes. <laughs> How about you? Nah, well. The games, the first game that I ever played was a complete mystery to me. <laughs> the mystery <laughs> of gaming. <laughs> um, because the mystery of the RPG was, mechanics? Yeah, uh, that. Well, not only was it the mystery of that, it was a homebrew that I, and I didn't understand any of the basic rules of like nat 20 gives oh. you nat 20, mm-hmm. nat 1 gives you critical, like all that mm-hmm. stuff. So... The uh, the GM, it was not only a homebrew; it was his mind baby mm. that he was writing stories about. His brain child. So the problem was child. he was keeping the game mechanics a mystery from you guys, rather than being upfront. He was upfront the first day, 
and then a month later we came back thinking it was D&D rules, essentially. Or Shadowrun, because we were using the Thames, mm-hmm. and mostly. And it was definitely a mystery, and he was trying really hard to make it a mystery. And, like, how did we get on this island? How did we end up with all these different things going on? How did we get into adult situations? And... And... Um, he was trying so hard to please us and to keep the game going, but he still refused to let anything bad happen to one particular character. Was it an NPC or a player character? Uh, That that was the GM's player character. Uh He just didn't want to tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. That's never a good thing. Yeah, it was never a really good thing. And so I was learning for the first time and trying to figure out what the hell am I supposed to do here? And it, uh, the last game I remember playing was our particular group were very perverted people to begin with. <laughs> That's no mystery. Interesting qualifier. Yeah. And so we were always talking about, like, can we say bad words? Yes. Depends how bad. This is NC. It's adult. Okay, you can cool. say that. Um, Fuck yeah! Um, yay! <laughs> so um, we're gonna get into a very sexual adult area, <laughs> which is my first game. Don't so worry, I'll put a disclaimer on it. Okay, cool. Um, where most yes, of the time we, we were just taught like dick jokes throughout the entire game that's and normal. dildo and all that's, that stuff. And so that's that's an average gaming session. That's our Sunday game at the moment. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was my first time, so I was enjoying everything that was going on and and all this stuff. And our GM was trying so hard to keep us there. Trying to pull you back into the story. He made... Yeah, so we're like trying to figure out the mystery of what's going on and and we finally get to the cave where there's like undead skeletons and we befriend one of them and I got to keep the head and it was like we were really getting into this story and then all of a sudden he made a cave of dildos and that was the last game we ever played. (laughs) That's not a mystery. Nope. <laughs> it was a mystery to me on why he thought that was a good idea. But was... I think the mystery was he didn't know his audience well enough to probably no. gauge how to pull and play. That would work well with a group of adolescent boys. Yeah, and well, he was an adolescent boy. <laughs> he was an adolescent boy. Uh-huh. He was the youngest out of all of us, and he was playing with a group of girls. Not oh, only Lordy. was he playing with a group of girls. All of us were different ages, and there was a mother-daughter duo. Uh, and a mother-daughter. Mother-daughter, the greatest mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 And then, so it was like mother-daughter, daughter-girlfriend, me and Stacy. And... Yeah, he picked Sorry, the wrong audience for that. And, but we were all, all of us were just going after the perverted dick jokes and being really perverted and you were raunchy enabling and, and enabling and doing all these different things and we were having a fun time but the moment he made a game of dildos was the end of it. <laughs> he was trying to get into the spirit. He was trying and then he went yeah, too it's far. it's no mystery <laughs> why that ended. It's the game yeah. when you're the GM. When you're the GM you're supposed to be the one who who, who, who contains the dick jokes. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Bring it back. Let's Bring stay on back. track. Stay in the narrative. <laughs> stay in the narrative. And the fact that that was my first 
real experience. Wasn't that like a My Little Pony game too? No. No. Thank goodness. That I know, crazy. right? That would be it worse. Was one more tag. That would be My Little Pony. <laughs> See, see the mysteries, and you came back to gaming, <laughs> right? Um, actually, I came back to gaming because of My Little Pony. Yeah, I hate My Little Pony, but um, my friend was GMing it, and me and the dude who was the homebrew GM were playing ponies, and that was such a fun game. I didn't know it was going to be fun. I just want to say with air quotes. Playing ponies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's the only real mystery of me trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Okay, well, for me, I would have to say, um, in regards to mystery and RPGs, I always like an RPG that has a mystery or something that, like, it's not just all murdering hobos. It's not, you know, <laughs> like, there, there's like a, oh, well, we came across something, but what does it mean? Like you know, and you have to. No, no, just like in general, like okay, you if found say slime in the barrel. Yeah, exactly, oh, that was you know okay. we have an idea of who <laughs> that it who caused that, but you know I don't know for sure, but pretty damn sure. But say for example, um, you let's see, let me try and find a specific. Okay, so like in one of our other games. Um, we have a mystery of we have to find this gnome who's been kidnapped type of thing. So we have some clues as to where he might be and stuff, and we're getting more clues. And we got even more clues because when we didn't have all of our players, we took a little side adventure with the ones of us were there. And I found out stuff that probably was, uh, as the GM said, uh, would have learned much later in the uh, adventure. It would have been like four chapters so, down the line, and she exactly. found the secret thing. And I'm like, ha So now I'm getting these little bits and pieces, and my character is trying mm-hmm. to solve the mystery of where these pieces are so that she, of course, can steal the item for herself. Um, <laughs> but hey, you know, I mean, it's, it's part of her, you know, she wants to blackmail. Doesn't mean she will. She wants to be. She wants to you steal secrets all, you and stuff. Be, She's um, yeah. Miss Scarlet. No. She, yeah, sort of, but not you know, in uh, charge of brothel. No. Um, uh, but more you know, and it's not necessarily. I just oh, like the spider. My character is oh. all about yeah. Finding knows the secrets. secrets. Doesn't mm-hmm. need to give them away. Doesn't necessarily to have to use them, but will use them if she wants to. Because, of course, so, in Daggers of Freeport, she's a yeah. changeling. I'm a yeah. changeling bard. Yeah. See, that's, that's one of also... One personas is a forger. Nice. <laughs> oh, excuse me, wrong accent. He's, he's Irish. <laughs> so, as I say, you know, so there's a bit more of a look to it. His name's Crooksley. <laughs> that's like, um, one of the things that's fun about Mysteries is, um, like, when we, we were playing Rollmaster and... Uh, we had to try to figure out who the ultimate bad guy is. Like, you're like, okay, that's a minion, but who's the guy? It's like, it's like in those police procedurals where you're like, who's your supplier? Yeah. And it's like, who's the real bad who's guy? Who's the real mastermind? He's really good at that. He's really good at that. Yeah. Oh man. I, I, I like and mystery when... shows are fun too. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite shows, and I'm rewatching it. Is Psych. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so good. the little mysteries. I, I like I like the mysterious item 
when you find an item Ooh. and it seems at first it seems unassuming but like somebody keeps it and then it, it maybe it has a power or something it proves something that it's important but you don't know how important and it could just be you. something random, or it could be the MacGuffin that informs the entire campaign. You never know. <laughs> yeah. And you so, had it the whole time. Right, you had it the whole time, you know, before <laughs> you figured it out. There's it. no place It's like I did that in one of my early D&D games when I was running in high school. Um, so 800 years the, ago. Yes, a long time ago. Um, <laughs> in Elf's Age. The party was going along, and in one of the in one of this uh, battles, the, the game's thief lost his hand. Oh, that's and, rough for you know, a critical hit. It almost killed him, and I said, "Okay, well, uh, I'll let your character survive if you know you lose a hand or something." He was like, "Okay, that's fine." And so then later on, like several months later, after playing, uh, they ran they they ran across they defeated a, a powerful enemy and got a hold of a treasure hoard, and in that treasure hoard was this old desiccated hand, a hand of glory. And <laughs> oh no, better the, the thief was drawn to it. And something compelled him to pick it up and attach it to his, his, his severed wrist, and it adhered itself to his wrist. Oh. And he was like, oh. And everybody was like, oh, because it was all old. <laughs> yeah, like, but when yeah. it attached to his wrist, it, it regenerated and became like a normal hand. So he was like, okay. And so for a while, they went they went like that, and everything was fine. And, and uh, he started exhibiting mysterious powers over time, little by little. And then one day, the thief woke up, was like I know where there's a massive a treasure hoard with some of the greatest treasures known to man. And they were like, okay, what are we gonna do? And he led them through this treasure hoard. It was very very tough. They were already, they were already starting to become high level at this point, but they finally got through. And it was this massive treasure hoard. And they were like, yes, you know, we can retire now. You know, we're we're we're, we're good. And the thief ignored all the treasure, went over, dug through the dug through the gems, and came up with an old. Like just old rotted orb thing Eyeball. in his hand, <laughs> and moving on its own, the, the the arm that had the the, the hand. hand attached to it moved up and ripped his eye out, oh! and it and he put <laughs> the other one in its place. Oh. <laughs> while the other players are probably and all going, the other players are like, what is going on? What is happening? We don't what understand what's going fuck? on. Is there a god being reborn before you? What had happened was he had found the hand of Vecna, <laughs> and then eventually, as over time, it over it took him over, and they led him to the the eye of Vecna. And then once the hand and the eye were were present in the same person, Vecna was be, was coming back. God, and what, and what had happened again. was right before that, the the player who was playing the thief had told me he wanted to play a new character. Ah, so that's, see, that's what I did. Beautiful. I had right. He turned, out. he turned his thief character over, and that character became Vecna, who was the the high-level bad guy that they mm-hmm. were going to have to fight. And so then he made a new character, was a mage, awesome. that came in. And... So that way he get more management might to fight that. Mm-hmm. But that, that's awesome. That's... So and how I'll... about... Oh, go ahead. Oh. So how about you? What I was going to you... say, for mystery, I'll bring it back to the meta level of the running a good mystery as a GM. is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Because you have to make sure to give your players a good mystery, but not pigeonhole them in the mystery so there has to be like three paths you can go in the mystery so there's the way you would do it the way your players are going to screw up choose and, and your own adventure no the, the way that they're going to scooby do through that <laughs> and then there's going to be the buffy school of mystery 
which is where an <laughs> impartial NPC comes by and walks the children through this, and so they get through there. So that way, as your players inevitably bump off one method after another method after method, you, the mystery continues. That and there, you, it has to be sort of uh, murder on the Orient Express. No GM is ever going to give a player that kind of experience, so you have to be willing to meta a little bit. Especially if, like, you, you know, you can have a player in on it. Right. That's the beautiful that's, way. That's the, best that's way. the first <laughs> choice of where player you want it, it to go mm-hmm. because you get that narrative control where you're like, Psst, help a buddy out for a great story. And you basically have a player helping spotlight the story through to, to give them that cool ending. As How opposed to... that work, though? It's easy. I come up and say, hey, I Nan. Yeah. You know that character you're playing? Yeah. I think it would be cool if this happened. What do you think? Ooh, okay. And then we, we, we go back and forth on it so that way you get what you want for the character and I get what I want for the story so that way the narrative and the character story meet in a happy place. Okay, so, but like, what if my character is like, we should go and do this thing? Whereas what the GM wants, but the other character's like, we overrule you. That happens sometimes. If yeah. they <laughs> overrule, here's a GM secret. All paths lead to that left road you wanted them to take. It doesn't matter if they go straight. doesn't mean if they go right. You throw an extra thing there, and you continue on where you wanted to go. Ultimately, they get to the destination. The means by which they get there can mm-hmm. differ. Just don't do the horrible things like the river washes out the road. That's what my first game did. There, there is ways <laughs> to guide, and there's ways to railroad. Railroad sometimes has to be done. Because, like, let's be honest, any GM that's run a sandbox... Your players will look at you and say, we don't know what to do. You should only railroad if it's narratively interesting. Yeah, if it's the story. So basically, you know, narrative railroading would be the eyes of the GM wanted you guys to go kill the dragon. You guys decided to go pick the flowers. Okay. Okay. While you're doing that, because it's like one of my favorite examples, the fire dragon went to the gnome village that are the local healing potion alchemists and burned the place to the ground. Healing potions, now, healing, potion from. healing yep. potions are now 200% gold more yep. than, and it's because of you guys. Oh. By the way. That thieves the, guild contact that you were getting all that information from? Yeah. It got yeah. burned. Got burned. Got burned. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then basically you're reminding the group of the reason why you should do these things is there's a real tangible reward risk. If you ignore a thing, a thing becomes a dangerous thing. So if like in the game, like our orc, you know, the game we were playing with the orcs. You guys, you guys could have chose to ignore the orcs coming down out of the hills. That's true. At any point, you guys could have said, screw these orcs with hellish intent. We're going to go for something else. Except for the dwarven cleric saying, ah, kill uh, the orc! Well, if I was a yeah, bad they, character, <laughs> I would have just left. If the GM says an undead army is rising in the west and you guys decide to go... Go after the bandit lords for three months, and then when you come back, well, that undead army has risen. You now have you <laughs> now, now have, you have the, to deal with the, it. Right. the night king who's raised all these villages between here and there, and their army is now insane. But you have to also play your character, yeah. Because, like, all right, depending if you're a group of all chaotic neutrals or something, they might go like. Fuck them. <laughs> Which, but if you have chaotic goods or lawful, hell, if you have lawful goods, fuck it, you're all going. <laughs> that's, right. that's where you know, session zero but comes that's, in handy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you that's set the framework. Exactly. We have two lawful goods. Yes, we do. 
Um, and but you know, and but we also have no evils. And yeah. I'm a firm, you know, party harmony. ever since. Yeah, <laughs> I've played with my brother. I don't play with my brother anymore because <laughs> he will play an evil character, and he will steal from his own party. He will, he will just you know just just make the rogue your accountant, and he's gonna steal from himself. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like so. It's like no, you're you're gonna play, you know, and that's why if you're playing, you know, and a character starts slipping in alignment, they're oh, I'm lawful good, but I'm doing these horrible things. You're not lawful good. You think you're lawful good, and you're and, the hero of your own villain story. And depending on the class you are, if you're a cleric or a paladin, and you slip enough. You are no longer divine. <laughs> you are no longer. You have different opportunities, but it's really not a mystery why your god isn't talking to you anymore. <laughs> so, so for me, yeah, that's my thing with mystery is A, don't paint yourself in the corner with a mystery as the GM. B, mysteries are insanely frustrating. Like Kelly, you run murder mysteries all the time. If, <laughs> if one or two keystones are missing... Think of that poor game where you that player to... rolls a one when they need to find out the magic MacGuffin. How do you need that fail... information. How do you exactly. fail forward? You know how the murder mysteries do it? Bodies on the floor when yep. the lights come back on. Yep. It fails forward into the, you fail to find the secret, but there's a body who will give you that secret, and that's the price you're paying. But you also have to be willing to give a little bit more nudge or clue to make the mystery work. Yeah, that's like, kind of what... That, that happened in a game that Some people don't, though, and it's like, well, you missed it, you know? Yeah. yeah. If you're just going in circles, nobody is going to be happy. Yeah, right? that's mm-hmm. like a, we were playing in a... I was playing a Forgotten Realms D&D game where uh, I was playing an elven paladin, and her her backstory was that she... Her, her village had been destroyed by orcs, and that's how she had become lawful good, because elves are not supposed to be lawful good. And, uh, yeah, they tend to be chaotic. Yeah, right? we some like are both uh, all the players in the game somehow missed the, uh, the 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 true evil behind what was going on, which was this magic sword that was possessed or whatever. And so um, we kept missing the whole thing. And so our GM um, had us fight uh, some orcs, right? So of course, not only that, but the orc chieftain. That of the of the orcs that had destroyed my character's tribe, so of course my character's like ah! and finally kills him, and then it turns out that it was the evil sword that he was wielding mm-hmm. that was the true mastermind behind everything. But it needed a dead body to be fully formed to possess, which I provided for it. You provided yeah. nicely, and sometimes that's, <laughs> that's the price is you fulfilling the mystery of the prophecy. <laughs> Which, which, like all good mysteries, it was kept vague but specific. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so that way, you know, it's like, and he used my backstory yeah. against me mm-hmm. because, of course, what am I gonna do? He baited it nicely, yeah, and you exactly. played true to character, which is important. Yeah. And what was really funny is when we were playing, and, the, and then I, I was like, "Oh, ha ha! I've vanquished my foe!" And then he's like, "Oh, he stands back up, <laughs> and, and his eyes are glowing." And then I was like, literally, like in character, but like also player <laughs> character. I was like, "No!" <laughs> Uh-huh. What happens if, like, you happen to get a group who likes to metagame? 
<laughs> if you play, now I'll throw this one out. This is the best metagaming experience because my buddy Dave called himself out on it. That uh, You guys know me. I like to get narrative. So sometimes, yes, you all failed your perception role. So I'll describe as a director off screen what's happened in this cool villainous moment. In the game, there are a bunch of rebels that captured a Moff's son. They searched him. They failed to find he had a bracer that he basically, while binder to the wall, hid his bracer. And I described that while he's sitting there, there's a faint green light inside his bracer that he can barely even see. He knows it's there. The group immediately started metagaming. And they're all, I want to roll perception. I want to roll perception. Oh, it's been a while since we fr frisked him. Let's frisk him again. Now, like the beauty done that. in right. Star Wars, you roll your good dice and your bad dice. And there's more than just success and fail. The dice have a narrative. That's why they're narrative dice. There's success and failure that when you roll, fails negate successes. And then you have advantage, which is something good but not related to what you're doing and threat. In the game, I was letting them keep rolling. By all means, keep rolling. Go, go ahead, guys. And as they're rolling more, I'm counting on hashtags how many threats they had. Now, they were on the planet Ryloth. It's a desert planet. It's got lots of horrible things. They, at one point, to the extreme level of metagaming, because the engineer realized they were sending a signal off the ship. He didn't know where the signal was coming from. The ship was relaying his comm message. Uh. So at one point, he's like turning off everything, including the lights. His key was, I turn off the lights, air quotes, because he wants to see the flashing light. Sure, you guys are on a desert planet. You've been sitting here for two hours, futzing around with the equipment and this, this prisoner. You've got your cargo hatch open in the middle of the desert. All of a sudden, only one of them had night vision goggles, and I'm like, Go ahead and roll perception again. Everyone failed these rolls. I'm like, what are you doing in the dark? Turn on one of the lights. And one of the players actually said, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm tired of this. Let's turn on the light. And the second you do, you hear this metal on shell scraping on your hatch. And they do. And there's an acolyte. That's that giant thing okay. in Return of the Jedi and uh, Clone Wars, I mean. Clone Wars. That yeah. yeah it's got the, it looks like a giant praying mantis. And it was crawling inside their Not ship in the dark. Yeah, unlike what we thought tonight. And, it, and basically, Less they got, lizardy, though. They got <laughs> to metagame as much as they wanted, but they paid prices for it. But sometimes, <laughs> it's interesting how metagaming can, if done correctly, like, done in the spirit of the narrative or the spirit mm -hmm. of the game, how it, it's can, magical. It, it can be amazing, similar to how Fate runs. Yeah. So Fate is all about, like, involving it's... metagaming into your into your uh, story and it's like that's oh yeah that's going to happen because of this and because of this and because of this mm -hmm. but our characters aren't talking about that yeah kind of the, the it's just happening are meta. yeah yeah so it's cute I've seen I've heard people complain about metagaming and fate and I'm like that's the narrative yeah it's because your character is this this will happen naturally yeah, yeah. fate is you guys are telling a collective story so exactly. it's not you guys are telling a story <laughs> yeah. while watching it it's yeah. less turn by turn D&D &D and more of a narrate what happens mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think we're gonna have to um, show Gavin soon that um, oh sorry I used his name uh, that we're going to have to use to <laughs> that that it's d and is more than just murder hoboing yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm learning the hearts. hard way getting into a social what do you mean because I've never played a character that's never been hit that doesn't 
Well, you're Bard. You're all about playing the social. Game. The social. Yeah. So yeah. We I haven't have, really been in a getting, in, in a in lot a of those. It's almost yet. like where we are now is going to get us into a social aspect. We're getting ready yeah. to go talk to the Duke. The yeah. Duke. So yeah. that's that's gonna be your. So moment. it's it's one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like I have to figure out how to play mm-hmm. a soft, a little. Softie. Oh no! Trust me, I've done that. Before. Well, see, it's don't worry about playing a softy. Learn your character's voice. You're, yeah. You'll naturally do it once you find your character's voice. Right now, her voice is good job, guys. You can. Hey, play. that's you, important. You can be the cheerleader of the team, Bard. Yeah. That's that's like ninety percent of their job is to be the cheerleader. It's, you of the team. are yeah. you are that character that's your your support staff. Yeah, and that's so, the thing that I'm slowly trying to accept. Mm-hmm. But as you get a higher level, it's going to be become more. Coaches. I really well, want Bard One more level and you yep. get it. I want it. And level. you also get Song of Rest. I have that already, uh, no, yeah. um, no, there's, uh, there's something else. Something that yeah. comes. Yeah. But um, I think we've gotten off the top. Yes, we, yeah. we have. So we digress. We should probably it's, just. It was a mystery where we got off those yeah. tracks. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be August the 13th. Mystery. And that's a good place to wrap it then before we get lost in the mystery. Down in the depths of the mountain, we dwarves spend our time forging powerful weapons, mining precious gems and metals, and feasting like kings. But after a day of digging for the next Arkenstone, this dwarf likes to come home to a package full of loot. Dungeon Crate is a monthly subscription box service forged specifically for RPG and tabletop gamers. Miniatures, dice, tokens, coins, maps, modules, terrain pieces, handcrafted items, RPG jewelry, and more are yours for only a few gold per month. You even get a digital crate along with a physical one as an added bonus. So are you brave enough to reward yourself with a dungeon crate? By Morden's beard, I hope so. Dungeoncrate.com. Let the adventure begin. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.